You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go, Buffalo. Hey, let's go, Buffalo. The bills make me wanna. Bills are officially making the playoffs for the second time in three years under the Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean era. As the Bills defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers 17-10 to in Pittsburgh to go 10-4 and in the season and locking up a playoff spot. So, hello everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss this epic Bills victory tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers from our amazing Twitter followers. And and we did not have a winner for our signed Tremaine, jersey, Tremaine Edmonds jersey from last week. So uh, we're going, going to do another drawing for that at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. I feel like this is the point of the podcast, whereas if we were watching Sunday Night Football, you guys would be sliding into the screen uh, like a la Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. I'm Al Michaels, and you're Chris Collinsworth, both of you, sliding in. But guys, how does it feel? You guys, we're in the playoffs for the second time in three years, for the, se- the second time in 20 years. How does it How does it feel that we are going to be doing podcast recaps of the Bills potentially playing in the wild card or in the divisional round or whatever. Um, this is an exciting time to be a Bills fan. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. This uh, There's still two weeks left in the season. Uh, they can still win the division. Uh, first 10 win season since 1999. Pretty crazy. And, and you know what? That That was a football game on top of everything else. That was just a good football game to watch. Second time in three years, Nate, but this one feels totally different. Bill's finally controlling their own destiny, right? We're not calculating other AFC teams' wins, losses, and where that leaves us percentage-wise. Like, this this one's for real. Yeah, definitely. And and to John's point, the Bills can still win the AFC uh, East. As it is right now, the Patriots are 11-3. and The Bills are 10-4. and in order for the Bills to have any tiebreakers over the Patriots, they they basically lose every tiebreaker. If you guys listen to the Rumblings Q and A podcast, Matt really um, highlights it well. Where the Bills basically need another win over the Patriots to to win the division, so they basically need to go twelve and four. The Patriots they need to win out. The Patriots need to lose out. Um, and uh, if you're thinking about it, I mean the Bills have almost locked up the fifth seed because the Chiefs are going to win their division at ten and four. Um, but the next closest 
next closest teams to 10 and 6, which if the Bills lose both games, they'll go 10 and 6, are the Steelers, who the Bills just beat at 8 and 6. So they have the tiebreaker over them just because they won. The Texans will most likely win the division. So the Titans at 8 and 6 um, would be vying for that sixth seed. Uh, again, or that fifth seed against the Bills, um, but the Bills have the tiebreaker over that too. So I, I haven't done fully the math on everything, um, but right now it looks like the Bills have locked up the fifth seed, and there's a possibility that I mean, going into Week 17, um, knowing that if if for some reason the Bills uh, lose to the Patriots in Week 16, there's a potential that you could see the Bills actually sit some starters for the first time in whatever, knowing that they can no longer advance. Um, past the fifth seed because you really want the fifth seed because the sixth seed will probably play the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and I do not want to play the Kansas City Chiefs. If I have a choice between them and the Texans, I would take the Texans all day long. Um, but no, it's this is a cool time. The last time you guys and I talked about um, the Bills was the first year we ever podcasted together when we were circling the wagons before we joined Buffalo Rumblings. And when we were talking to like, you know, roughly like 12 people. So this is exciting. We're on a bigger platform. We're, you know, we're talking about an exciting time in, you know, this franchise where not only are they winning the games that they should for the most part, and they look good today. Like you mentioned, John was, was a really fun game to watch. Um, the offense definitely had some slip ups with the defense came, came on huge again to, to win today. And I, this is, this is an exciting time to know that, you know, we don't have to win out in order to possibly get a playoff spot. Like almost, you know, we say two of the last 20 years, we'll make the playoffs. Well, like 18 of the last 20 was like, well, okay, they're, you know, they're six and seven right now. And if they win out to go nine and seven and these three teams lose out, then we'll probably make it like we're in. We are in, guys. Like That's exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, let's say the Bills win a playoff game, right? They'll be the first playoff win since 95. And you're talking about how the Bills could still win the East. It would be their first division. Um, it would be the first time they would have a bye week since 93, I think. Mm-hmm. Wow. The last time they've won. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is uncharted territory for a lot of Bills fans. There are a lot of Bills fans out there that have never experienced a good team like this. I mean, it, they, sure, we went to the playoffs a couple of years ago, but I, I had a feeling like that. I never thought that that team was in it to make a deep run. Whereas this season, with the way that this defense is, I mean, this is a potential Super cal- or Super Bowl caliber defense. I mean, that the offense can get some things going and, you know, keep up with the team and not turn the ball over so much. Um, this was a great test the bill for the Bills today on their uh, offensively. The Steelers were number one in the league in takeaways. They were number one in sacks. And the Bills, although they did have some turnovers, they didn't turn the ball over nearly as many times as the Steelers. The Steelers turned the ball over five times. You know, there was a fumble and four interceptions. Um, and it was it was a great game by the defense, you know, executing a really well-played-out game plan. I mean, they limited the Steelers to 10 points. You should figure that the Bills should win on that. And the, and the Bills scored 17 points. So <laughs> it's enough to get the win. Um, there were some things that, you know, I just wanted to discuss um, offensively and defensively. I mean, Tredavious White went down with an injury, but he had two huge picks. He came back. He was a huge... Uh, I, I'm just glad that the national audience could finally see how good some of the Bills players are 
on defense, especially. I mean, it was great to see John Brown get some catches and, you know, he had almost 100 yards receiving today. It was great to see the NFL talk about and see Tredavious White. He had two interceptions today. One was almost a taint. He almost brought that one back. And, you know, one of the Pittsburgh offensive linemen tackled him. Um, I thought Devin Singletary minus that fumble had a really decent game that could have been very costly. Luckily, it wasn't. I thought he had a great game. I thought Josh Yellen, you know, he wasn't impressive by any means, but, you know, his wide receivers didn't help him out again. There were a lot of dropped passes, especially in the first quarter where he's hitting guys in the hands and they're dropping him. They're not helping out Josh Allen a lot. I thought the offensive line was pretty good, especially against a great defensive front for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, the defense, again, came up big um, when they needed to and had two interceptions to end the game. The one was that Jordan Poyer interception. The the offense came on the cl- came on the field after the interception. You're like, okay, well, they just need to run out some time. They ran out less than 20 seconds before punting the ball back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're like, oh, great. Well, I guess this game's not really over. And then the Bills get the ball back. Um, or, or I'm sorry, the Steelers drive down the field, and then they throw an interception again in the end zone, luckily. Duck Hodges, you know, Duck Hodges, I guess, undrafted uh, free agent quarterback. You know, he's not he's not invincible, guys. Guys, what do you, you think? Did I did I get that right, or did I miss anything? I agree. The game should have been over after Poyer's interception. Can we say that the offensive play calling lacked some, um, I don't want to say creativity, some viability? I mean, there were times where the play calling just seemed, spur- I mean, the Bills were driving, they were in the red zone at one point. They ended up having to kick a, f- or no, they, that was the actually the Tyler Croft but that's what's so confusing about Brian Dable. Sometimes I'm like, what is this guy doing? He's trying to run Frank Gore around the edge, you know, for a, for a second and nine or whatever. And then he'll come across and he'll throw, you know, Josh Allen will throw a bullet to uh, Tyler Croft alone in the end zone for the touchdown. I'm just like, what is, what is, I don't know what to think of you, Brian Dable. I want to, I want to be frustrated and upset with most of the things you do. And then all of a sudden a play like that works out. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess he's not terrible. I always find the it's like the the huge mystery and the conundrum of Brian Dable is is he is it is it him is it Josh Allen is whenever they slip up offensively and they weren't terrible today by any means they were pretty good I mean at least in moving the ball and you know not turning the ball over terribly I mean De- Allen didn't take a ton of sacks and I guess I'm just curious did you guys see that the same way Yeah I think we've seen a, um that kind of all season with Dable where you know the I've said it before. There's there's things that he does that I like, but there's also things that I definitely question. And it's like what like what's going on here? And like you know, like you saw earlier in the game, like the screen pass, right? It's like you know, it's it's such a simple play, but they've been so bad at that. Yeah, great call on the screen pass, John. They really haven't executed more than a a few good screen passes every game and it's just weird that this seems like it's such a basic such a basic play call and it seems so complicated for the bills to yet they'll pull off you know a, a double handoff reverse uh throw to singletary in the end zone for a touchdown against the cowboys so it's like you can you can obviously it's just they just always seem to get blown up i mean allen had to throw that one screen pass into the ground because the play was blown up and everyone was covered so um yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good call on that one. The screen screenplays have I don't know why this offense can't execute them. So there's some things like that. There's there's very simple play calls that that seem tough for the Bills, and then there's some difficult ones that you know 
Allen does really well. I mean, he threaded a ball to John Brown for that long pass later on in the game. I mean, I guess I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it how it, I mean, but but in Dable's defense, this is a really good defense. So I don't know necessarily know if I I expect the Bills to thrive against the Steelers in Pittsburgh against one of the best defenses in the league. But this So what are they gonna do? What are they going to do in the playoffs against Baltimore and Pittsburgh and New England who all have really good defenses? I think the game plan going forward to win and to go far into the playoffs is limit turnovers, move the ball effectively, and have the defense play lights out. Hope the defense can play lights out like it has been. Because if it gets into a shootout, the Bills just right now, they just can't compete. I, I heard a record uh, before the weekend where, where the Bills were a stat where the Bills were are 8-0 when they score more than 17 points. So. They just need to score more than 17 points, apparently. <laughs> Did you ever hear the saying, the higher the monkey climbs a tree, the more you can see his ass? The upside like down. Like, I just feel like your weight's being way too... Cr- they're going up against really, really good teams, primetime teams. Like, of course, they're going to look like they're, they're, there's going to be mistakes. They're not playing perfect football, but they're, they're winning games. Beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Primetime game tonight with the, the whole country watching. It's a win. Like you said, again, it's a great defense. And I just think they're a young team. Mistakes will be made. They're not perfect by any stretch. But we think the Ravens are, are maybe the best team in the league up there, certainly with New England. Um, and they're playing, they play them right to the wire. So I think, man, I'm just, I'm, Maybe it's being an apologist for Dable or the Bills, but I think it's exciting and they're doing really well, and hopefully they can continue to improve. There's one thing that definitely feels different this season than a couple of seasons ago, whereas I feel like this team, I mean, in that game, I don't think that would, they didn't even score a touchdown against the Jaguars in the wildcard game, right? I mean, that was a completely different team than it is now or or whatever. Like, this is this team, I feel like, has the horses, especially with the way that the AFC is shaken out that they could be like the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple of years ago where they have a great defense and obviously I think um, Josh Allen is better than Blake Bortles so what's to say that they can't make it to the AFC championship and go further there's nothing I mean all you need to do now is just be in and you could potentially beat the Ravens you could potentially beat the Chiefs you could potentially beat the the Patriots I mean they're all they all have the ability to to be beaten I totally, I totally agree. You just need your ticket punch to be in. That being said, over the last six seasons, every Super Bowl participant has been the one or the two seed, meaning highlighting how crucial having that first round bias. So I think they really need to keep their foot on the gas. And now things fall a certain way, like their odds are immeasurably better in terms of going deep. You know, getting to the championship game, getting to the Super Bowl, making an impact. So it's awesome. I'm excited, but they can do more in the regular season. Could you imagine if the Bills go to week 17 and they're tied with the Patriots after beating them next week? And we're waiting, we're watching the Miami Dolphins game, the Miami Dolphins Patriots game, like we've been watching the, um, like we watched the, uh, Bengals Ravens game a couple of seasons ago, like down to the wire. Like, cause right now we're in, that was just to get in. This could potentially be for the division and the first round by like, 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 like you said. Um, so that's, 
That's huge if, if they can do that. Wait, if you win the division, do you get a first round bye if the let's see now the Chiefs to be a, Yeah. The Chiefs are also ten and four like the Bills are. So you would have to have a better record than them. I don't know what the tiebreakers are off the top of my head. I, I don't really have a chance to take a look at it. I'm sure Matt will go over it on Tuesday, but I mean there's a potential that the Bills could be could win out. They'd have the same No, I yeah, the Ravens are definitely the Ravens have the one seed at this point at twelve and two. Patriots have the second seed at eleven and three, and the Chiefs have the third seed at ten and four. Firmly. So yeah, it feels a lot different. So let's go into our stats of the game for today's game. We're going to go into this kind of quick. It's a little late here. It's a little late. So we're going to go into this kind of quick. We're not going to do as many. Let's see. Let's. Uh, Josh Allen was 13 for 25, 139 yards, just barely over 50% passing or completion percentage. Not a great day for Josh, but, you know, it could have been a lot worse. One touchdown, one interception for Josh. I mean, he could have been like Doug Hodges. He could have thrown four picks. So um, Tevin Singletary, 21 carries for 87 yards. At 4.1 yards per carry. Josh Allen had seven carries for 28 yards. Uh, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Um, and Frank Gore, a, st- a typical Frank Gore stat line, it, f- it feels like. 10 yard or ten carries, 15 yards, one and a half yards per carry. So um, on receiving the ball, um, obviously the, the game ball for, for that side has to go to John Brown. Seven receptions off 10 targets, 99 yards receiving. Tyler Croft had that one reception for 14 yards for the touchdown. And then Dawson Knox had one. It was, it was Cole Beasley had one reception for six, six yards on six targets. That's a lot of targets. Cole Beasley definitely had that huge drop in the first quarter. Um, you know, some were, some people were, what did you guys think? Was that, was that on Cole or was that on Josh? Well, did it hit him in the hands? Yeah. Then it's on Cole. Yeah. Right. So uh, that was disappointing to see, but luckily it didn't up biting the Bills. Um, sacks on the day, the Buffalo Bills defense, Jordan Phillips had two sacks. How much money do you think Jordan Phillips made tonight getting two sacks in prime time when it really mattered in a game that really, really mattered that probably had a huge audience? Jordan Phillips probably made like an extra three mil a year from tonight's game. Insane. Had an amazing game. Two sacks for Jordan Phillips, one for Shaq Lawson. Speaking of making money, I'm sure Shaq Lawson made a, a few extra mil. Um, Trent Murphy had one sack for today's game. Steven Hauschka was one for one kicking the ball. Fumble recoveries. The Bills had Jordan Poyer had one fumble recovery in today's game. On the Steelers' side of the ball, Devlin Hodges, Devlin Duck Hodges had 23 for 38, 202 yards. Uh, passing one touchdown and four interceptions. James Conner, this is this is what I didn't get about the the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Conner in that one drive where they scored, where they actually did score the touchdown, he was demolishing the Buffalo Bills. He was gashing them on the ground. He was doing amazing. He had 5.3 yards per carry, but only eight carries. Did anyone else ever wonder why the Steelers didn't just run the ball down the Bills' throat? Yes. <laughs> It was that very was... early on. I wondered that right after they showed that graphic of Hodges passes like 62 times, like zero to 10 yards. And then like however many five times and then 10 times like longer than that. And like, meanwhile, Connor was gashing us and they just kept trying to throw it for five yards every time. I, I didn't get it. I mean, Connor made 
Micah Hyde looks silly on that one play, that one run where Micah Hyde had him almost at the line of scrimmage, and he just took a couple, he just did a double move, and Micah Hyde, who was one of the best safeties in the league, just couldn't even, couldn't even get a hand on him. <laughs> I'm watching this and wondering, you know, there's sometimes where I wonder about the Bills' offensive play or game plan, and this, I mean, I really had to question the Bills defensively, they're so much more vulnerable against the run than they are against the pass. Yet, for some reason, the uh, Steelers passed the ball 38 times, and they only ran the ball roughly uh, 12 times, 12, 14 times, it looks like, design run. So, yeah, I, I don't get that. But, hey, hey, that's, that's a good thing about, you know, you need uh, good coaching in this league. You need good overall coaching. And, uh, you know, you need good adjustment when they came out in the second half and they scored that touchdown right away. I'm like, this is a team that is good at second half adjustments. And then the bills just didn't let up from there. They didn't, they didn't let the Steelers score again. And then they scored another touchdown. So receiving the ball, well, Gene, to, to your point about Hodges, like that's what's so surprising like in the pregame, right? Like all the experts, I can't say all the experts, but a preponderance certainly picked the Steelers and do they not value the quarterback position like we do right like in our minds it's the most important position in in sports like the the most is riding on your shoulders and to have is he like started the year as their third stringer fourth stringer undrafted right like geez i know they've won a couple of games recently the steelers but i was very surprised that the the talking heads right picking the steelers it just the both it just surprising how little respect they get. I was surprised at the ones that picked the Bills. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think that I think that's a good point of of how much the national media just doesn't respect the Bills, and I think that has a lot to do with you know you hear all these players, you, you hear like stats guys, like football outsiders or whatever, and and all these different engines just talk about how the bills aren't doing well and all they're doing is for the most part they're looking at stats because if you watch the games and i like to think even though we, we're fans and we do a you know a podcast for buffalo rumblings and whatever i think we're pretty objective on a lot of these topics if the bills are terrible we'll call them out as being terrible and i think a lot of them just don't have the time to watch the games they just get the cliff's notes version of how the bills are and how the steelers are well the steelers have been Good for a lot longer than the Bills, so we're going to give them the win. Like it's, it's got absolutely nothing to do with how well the Bills have been playing because they haven't been watching them. I mean, in their defense, they don't have time to watch every single game of, you know, during the week. But I, I, I don't. I've started to get to the point where I don't trust anything that anyone says on a national level. You know, maybe I'll trust like Brian Baldinger. He always does really good tape on certain things. And there's just certain people where I'm like, yeah, they, they've watched tape. They've actually seen the games. But most people, they just haven't. They just haven't watched them. It's but, interesting you say Cliff Notes. Are, are they still a thing or is like that totally been by Wikipedia? Like now I wouldn't go out of like in high school, like back in the day. Yeah, you go orders and buy the Cliff Notes for whatever book you're assigned, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, now you just go on Wikipedia, wouldn't you? Does Cliff Notes still own that that uh, market? That's a good question. I think we're like just in general Google Google replace. <laughs> What's the main plot of Great Gatsby? <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, man, we were so deprived as uh, children <laughs> to not have well, like. 
if you wanted to know something, you had to find somebody that knew that. If you're like, oh, what other what other movie was that actor in? I can't think of it. Like you had to find a friend who saw that thing. It was the, I remember asking you stuff like that. Like, hey, that guy looks familiar. What else is he? Oh, I don't know. Okay, then you just never just found never out found the rest it. of your life. You just didn't know. You were okay with, and you were okay with it. You weren't like, well, this is gonna ruin my night. <laughs> you're like, nah, lots of stuff I don't know. There's no way to find out. It's completely fine. <laughs> Remember you like look for something in in the library, and they they had all these like drawers of cards that you had to like look through <laughs> to find it. Yeah, you mean as if we were like still in the 18th century? <laughs> <laughs> they were right under the gargoyles in the library and the <laughs> stained glass windows of the yeah stone carved. Yeah, that was weird. But well, the internet. So what's funny is the internet did exist while we were in school. But they were like, it was like all shut off. Like you could not, you could not use the internet whatsoever for any sort of bibliography or <laughs> reference. They're just like, yeah, the internet doesn't count for anything. You have to actually look at an article or read a book or something. And to John's point about the card catalogs, right? Like you, you could go look up, oh, I want to, I want to learn about, I don't know, the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, oh, okay. Look at, search that, find a book on it. You couldn't be like, oh, <laughs> Who was that uh, guy in Die Hard? <laughs> what else? What other movies was he in? Right? Not Bruce Willis, of course. I know uh, somebody. The uh, whatever. Yeah. Somebody else. <laughs> you could. You'd be a total asshole. You go to the library and ask a pop culture question. Oh yeah, librarians is the best Christmas movie. Uh, John, you're taking us right out of the joke <laughs> with your stupid Die Hard is the best Christmas movie take. Um, no, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you're right. Especially librarians in general. They were not the most up to date on any pop culture. I think that the only thing that they watched was the news. I, I'm pretty sure that if you went to a library's household and you turned on the TV, the first thing would be PBS or CNN or Fox News or whatever. It was. Yeah. How would you find that out? People would be like, that's that's a dumb question. Why do you care? So nice tangent. Nice tangent. Hey, speaking of tangents, anyone see Ben Roethlisberger tonight? I'm not one for personal appearances, and I'm not in the best shape myself. But, dude, like, he looks like an offensive line. He's a one Popeye's biscuit away from being an offensive lineman <laughs> out there. Like, dude knew he was going to be out for the season, and he took full advantage of that. <laughs> I didn't know who it was. For, I thought it was like somebody, he looked like he got eaten by Matt <laughs> Patricia, didn't he? Like, gee, Matt Patricia. <laughs> it's going to be a starting left tackle next season. You know, it's just like, and Ben, and this is, what's funny is Ben, as, as great of a quarterback as he is, he's one of those guys that's never, ever gotten in great shape. You know, like he's, the only time he's ever been like even average weight is when he had to have his jaw wired shut because he got in that motorcycle accident. So he probably lost like 30 pounds. And then you're like, oh, wow, like Ben looks like he's in great shape. Oh, he just couldn't eat. Uh, not the case this, not the case this season. <laughs> so um, I, I just, I didn't recognize him at first either. I'm like, oh, wait, dude, that is Ben Roethlisberger? Holy sh Like, and I just say this because, like, I'm not in amazing shape, but it's like, you, dude, your, your profession is being in good enough shape to play the most physically demanding sport on the planet. Like you have to be in much better shape than this. Or remember we, when we talked to Bruce Smith at Delago Casino and Resort, 
we did that we did the interview with him i remember asking him like you know what's something that you learned or i, I don't remember the question it was a great question i'm sure was, i sound like trump right there like it was the most amazing question ever <laughs> but it was just patting myself on the back i and he's like i learned in the very beginning you have to be you have to stay in good shape because it is much harder to get into shape than it is to stay in shape. It's like I learned that at a very young age. And so like, yeah, Ben Roddenberry is like almost 40, still does not learn that. So whatever. This isn't a podcast about personal appearances or whatever, but it's just <laughs> it's just worth noting. So yeah, the the uh, Steelers running the ball, James Conner, eight carries for 42 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. Again, a great... <laughs> A great game for the most part by James Conner, but they just didn't get him going for whatever reason. James Washington had five receptions for 83 yards on 11 targets. Five receptions on 11 targets for James Washington. Um, great great game for the most part by the by the Bills secondary. Um, there was that one Deontay Thompson catch over uh, Tredavious White, which, uh, which was disappointing. I believe that was in the third quarter. And that uh, was a huge game. He ended up fumbling it at the end. Of course, the Steelers recovered it again. Steelers fumbled a lot of balls today. Um, Deontay Johnson was the second leading receiver for the Steelers. Five receptions, 62 yards, seven targets. The Bills were very lucky, in my opinion, at least, that Juju Smith-Schuster was not on the field for the game. So uh, those are the leading receivers, and we won't get into much more of that. So we are going to take, at this point, a quick commercial break when we return. We are going to go into our wall of famers, wall of shamers, and of course our plays of the game. So stick with us. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. We're trying to keep it short. I mean, it's late. Normally we record our podcast and we end up staying late to edit it, but like this is this is late just to record it. So we're going to, you know, it's not going to be as uh, smooth as normal. So if you're the, this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, you know, this is this is this is like we're giving it, you know. 50, 60% of what we normally do. So normally we have a ton more drops and sound bites and fun stuff like that. But this is uh this is a condensed version because you know we we got jobs. We got stuff to do tomorrow. We got deadlines. You know, this isn't uh I want to go go to sleep at some point tonight before 5 a.m. <laughs> hey, by the way, I was getting some messages from um Twitter followers that were watching in the UK and stuff. They said the game didn't start till 1 a.m. their time. And I'm just like, bravo. Like if you are a fan of the Buffalo Bills in that area or an area where you're going to be up late like that, like kudos to you guys. Like, <laughs> like you're, you're not getting to bed till four in the morning and you have to go to work the next day, man, all the credit to you. So there's some real diehard fans over on that side, of the globe. And, and it, obviously, you know, if you're on the East coast and you're staying up till 1130, just to make sure the bills win. I mean, it was great. Um, great to see that. Great to see the bills win. Great to see the bills make the playoffs. You had to watch that. A lot of bills fans, it seems were, were down in Pittsburgh. I heard a lot of noise, when the Pittsburgh Steelers offense was on the field. So that was great to hear. Bill's Mafia definitely making the fan base proud down in Pittsburgh. So uh, so yeah, let's go to our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. We go into our plays of the game every week, and the one that stuck out the most to us, um, there are some really good ones. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to... Okay, I, th- I don't think I'm going to go first this time. I think I'm going to give the floor to John. John, who is your what? What was your sweet sassy molassy play of the game for today's win? I'm gonna go with uh, Josh Allen to Tyler Croft to go up uh, 17-10. Great call, John. Great pass. What probably the pass of the game, honestly, for Josh Allen. If it's not that long John Brown catch where he threaded it between three defenders, it looked like they were in zone coverage. That was 
That was a great play by Tyler Croft. I honestly, it was funny. Someone on Twitter said I forgot that he was on the team. <laughs> same, same. I I forgot he was on the team <laughs> at some point. But how nice was it too? I mean, not to not to criticize Dawson Knox too much, but man, like Tyler Croft, man, he's got some reliable hands it seems. And Dawson Knox, for the most part this season, I shouldn't say for the most part. There have definitely been some questionable um, balls thrown his way where he was not reliable, and he did drop. Some very easy third down conversion. So it was great to see Tyler Croft get that third down pass. It's a good call there. Mike, what is your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? John, so cliche to take the go-ahead score. The play of the game was Tredavious White's second interception. Totally changed the momentum of the game. And that, well, I'd say potentially a 14-point swing, but the Bills ultimately didn't punch that one in. But certainly stopped the, the Steelers when it felt like everything was going their way. What was that, John? That was one of the reasons why I didn't go with with that play. No points off of it. No points off of it. Almost. Well, the question wasn't like, oh, what two plays? It was just one play. Like, I'm just saying, future was unknowable. Well, yeah, okay. So, had he scored the touchdown? Well, didn't they score? No, they did not score on that. On that, did they? I I can't remember. Anyway, it's late. I can't. I can't get my quarter straight. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Jordan Poyer interception, the first interception to end the game. Um, the Steelers were driving late; they had plenty of time on the clock at that point to score a touchdown. They were, I believe, that was a fourth down play, and uh, all they really needed to do was bat the ball down. But Jordan Poyer intercepted it. Um, it was a huge play. Good luck by Jordan Poyer, um, who, who's been having a great season. I mean, one of my favorite Bills players. Um, but Mike, you were talking about the Trey White interception. Did you guys hear when they were announcing the players of the game, Trey Davis White, instead of saying Trey Davis White LSU, he said Trey Davis White, Trey White Goalies Goalie Academy. <laughs> you guys hear that? That was awesome. I literally got my wife's like, what's that mean? <laughs> and I had to get out the, the, uh, you know, pull up YouTube and show her that she thought it was funny though. I'm like, yeah, see, this is why I love that guy. This is why Trey White is easily, you know, He's one of the most likable Bills players on the roster. Did you guys know he was a valedictorian in his high school? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. We have been watching Bills games with Javius White in him. This is his third season. We've been watching almost three full seasons of Javius White. We've watched countless commentators and broadcasters. And it takes freaking Sunday Night Football, you know, with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth to finally find out that Javius White was a, a valedictorian. You know, like... The Bills just don't get any good national coverage, you know, unless to it's... To be a- fair, though, where where did he go to school? Florida? <laughs> Louisiana? I don't know. <laughs> so it's, so you're saying that, you know, so, uh, not a big accomplishment. So you're saying he didn't have to spend a lot of time in the, li- not, in the library looking at the yeah, card yeah. catalog just to uh, become valedictorian? <laughs> you see how I brought that one back? Yeah. So, uh... That's kind of weak. So anyway, all right. So we're moving on to our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. Wall of Famers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago Casino and Resort. And the Bills were one. We're only one and a half point favorites going into this game. I was kind of surprised. Um, I just, I don't know. I just felt like the Bills were a better team than the Steelers. Not leaps and bounds better, but I thought they were better than a point and a half. But um, not by that much, apparently, though, because I. 
texted you like, hey, we doing something with this? Dude, dude, you hate betting for the Bills. That's like your biggest pet peeve. Totally. Except when it's only one and a half against the hapless Steelers and Sunday night football. Buddy, I, I sent you like three different lines. I'm like, I like this one. I like that one. And I'm pretty sure I hit on all of them. Did I hit on all of them? You want me to pull it up? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't. I pretty you, you like the Bears, and I'm like, no way. Love what? the pack this week. What? I did not say the Bears. I did not like that one. I've never, ever thought that the Bears could beat the Packers. No, I did. one was definitely the Eagles over the Redskins. They want to say they were like five and a half point favorites. They ended up with like a pick six at the end or a fumble for a touchdown to get to win by 10. But whatever, it happened. So anyways... <laughs> If we had gone to the DraftKings Sportsbook in Delago, we would have we would have made some money this week. That's all I'm saying. And uh Dear Mike. Lines I like this week. Oh, this is gonna be good. Bears. Bears getting four at Green Bay. Nate. Yeah, I like I like I like the Packers in that point. I was just saying that was a bad line for the Bears. Or that was too good of a line for the Packers. I had to go Packers. The text says Bears. Lines that like bear. <laughs> oh, oh well, I could see why you wouldn't like that one then. <laughs> I could see why you didn't, where you weren't jumping on top of that one the way I, I worded that. So what else? <laughs> Eagles. Every other one happened, I guarantee. So we could have done a parlay for like five bucks and won a thousand. I don't know what happened in these games. Do you did the Bucks beat Detroit? Oh, they. You like the Bucks? I like the Bucks. They smashed them. It was like thirty-eight to seventeen. I learned my lesson with. With, with betting on the De- on the Detroit Lions, <laughs> we learned that a few weeks ago when we were at um, Delago Casino and Resort when we bet <laughs> the, the Lions versus the Redskins. It seemed like a sure the Redskins are terrible. It seemed like a sure thing. So, what else? Yeah, well, we should have been all over the this Bills game. The Raiders Jags is over under forty five. I go under. I think it was like a sixty something point game. Yeah, so I'm not perfect, okay? Jeez. <laughs> I was... tried to omit that. I didn't want to embarrass you. <laughs> Jeez. Nobody listens to this podcast and thinks that I am thinks that any of us are good at betting. Help me help help you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll help you. Let's go into our wall of famer and wall of shamer for today's game. So I'll go first this time. I think for me it just has to go Trey White. Um, he got injured early in the game, um, but had those two great interceptions. One uh, very key interception that Mike brought up as his uh, play of the game. And this this team, like I like I mentioned before, so happy that a lot of these guys are got some national attention for once. And this is this being the only nationally broadcast game besides um, the Cowboys game where the Bills look great. And the Bills, I mean the the Bills, the Bills in general, I mean have looked great on prime time. So that that kind of bodes well. For the future, Mike, and I think you kind of alluded to it where you said, you know, this is the the stage isn't too big. The stage isn't too big for this Buffalo Bills team. And that's exciting to to see. And that's great to 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 be a part of. And, you know, they've won in both games that they've won in prime time like this. Steelers and the Cowboys have been away games, which there's a very good chance that the Bills are going to play their first playoff game, all playoff games um, as away games. So, um, yeah, it's encouraging. I love Tredavious White. Um, easily my favorite player. I mean, I like Josh Allen as a person, as a player. I don't know if he's a franchise guy. I think Tredavious White is a franchise cornerback. I love him. Um, and he was my wall of famer for today's win. Mike, what about you? Who's your wall of famer? Tredavious White, no question. He's the best player on the Bills and makes the biggest plays when they need him the most. 
Yeah. Pay him. Pay Trey. Pay Trey. Save the day white. There we go. John, you? I agree. All right. Dilly dilly. All three of us. All right. Great. Now let's go into our wall of shamer for today's game. Who is our wall of shamer? I think, <laughs> man, man, this was a tough one. I'm, I'll go first. I think it's, I think it's Brian Dable and it's, I, 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 and I say this because we look at every week and the defensive game plan seems to be very good. Sure, there are some gaffes defensively each game, and you're kind of like, well, you know, there was a missed tackle or whatever. But there's very few times where I feel like the defense is put into um, bad situations. And maybe that's just a, a matter of watching the game. And it's tougher to see the defense putting in, uh, being put in, in worse situations. But I think the defense is just so well coached that offensively, I'd have to say that these questionable play calls the things that that happen offensively that really make us scratch our head like i mentioned that frank or run outside i don't know why you would ever run frank or outside at this point he does not have speed he's i don't know if he's ever been really a speed guy and um yeah i guess i guess i'm going to go brian dable with some uh, offensive play calling there it just really it was really questionable at certain points in the game what do you think john who's your wall of shamer sean mcdermott sean mcdermott really the last two minutes of the first half says it all. I like you, the two minutes left. You get the ball back three timeouts. They run the, they waste a minute. Then they call a timeout and then they run off the rest of the clock. And then the, the play calling at the end of the game was also too conservative. I, I, I think McDermott, it should be on the wall of shame. Wow. You know, I, I saw that and it was very conservative and I would, and you, can we agree that Sean McDermott have, hasn't been really conservative this season, right? Like he's he's been. No, I don't agree with that. I mean, he's gone for on several fourth down plays, including this game. He went for it on fourth and six, and I think that was a great call. Um, but there's, you know, much like Dable, there's there where I I disagree with what's going on, and I think today this was one of those games in an overall sense. All right. I can see that. What one of the things that worried me going into halftime, which I could kind of see maybe from his perspective. I'm not saying he's right in thinking this, and I'm not saying this is the right way to think as a coach. Um, I'm not a head coach, obviously, so I don't necessarily know the right way to think. But there is, you have the Steelers who are number one in the league in takeaways, and the Bills just literally coughed up the ball a series or so earlier when Cole Beasley, you know, popped the ball up in the air for the Steelers to pick it off. I think it was Mika Fitzpatrick and I could see them not wanting to take any chances and possibly fumbling the ball like Devin Singletary had. And um, I don't think he had at that point, but I, I could see him going into this game. He's like, you know what? I just want to, I want to go in with the lead into halftime and you know, so be it. We'll see from there how, how it goes. I, I don't want to give this team a chance to possibly get the ball, either punting it or, you know, leaving open the potential for a turnover. Or you, but he's also at the same time saying, I don't want to give our first round quarterback a chance to have a drive here, even just to get in field goal range to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But Josh Allen wasn't having a great game at that point either. When you finished the game 13 for 25, it wasn't like he was lighting it on fire. It's like, oh man, get the ball in this guy's hands. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't a terrible game, but he was on NBC of the game at the end of the game josh allen singletary trey white <laughs> i think they have to have that i think that's a requirement to have the quarterback 
on that on that part of it, right? Mike, who's your wall of shamer? I think his players got was most disappointed with Beasley. Uh, I know his ceiling is much, much higher than what we saw tonight. Bunch of targets, only one catch, a couple that I think hit him in the hands. Um, but that's that's me struggling to find somebody. I think in certain points, I agree with your, your comments about the coaching. Um, but I where if they are more aggressive and something happens, they'd get crucified. Um, just not that that's wrong, but in the sense of, I think just saying that they told McDermott were too conservative. We did see him go for it on fourth down. Um, and just at the end of the half, it, it really could have changed the game. If they do turn the ball over there, wouldn't be opposed to a draw play, something to Singletary, but to take deep shots when you're playing against Watt, uh, that I, I can live with. But what really irritated me throughout the game was Chris Collinsworth. Like I did not realize what jackass he really is. Just inane comments, like in terms of the game, in terms of the background information he's trying to provide. Like amazing plays are happening on the field and he just harps on the same ridiculous stuff. I wasn't watching the game in surround sound, but if I had been, I would have pulled the center speaker and just <clears throat> not listen to him anymore. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He like, Alan would have a great play and be like, oh, yeah, this is why Alan is so great. And then Alan would like overthrow a guy and be like, oh, Alan is so bad because of this. And he'd just get one back and forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a big fan of Chris Collinsworth. Um, I think he's all right. Just, is he blackmailing? Like, how he can't be one of the top 10,000 best announcers in America. I mean, right? Like, just terrible. And you can't find some people are polarizing. You can't find somebody that is a fan of him, I wouldn't think. No. No, I love Tony Romo so much more than Chris Collinsworth. I think he should be on Sunday Night Football, but yeah, he's he's bad. Can we also, I'm going to change mine, Mike. You're right. To your point, this is this was a tough game to come up with a wall of shamer because the Bills did win and obviously everything they did you know, ended up working out. I think we were all kind of struggling. I mean, and I don't think it was like across the board. It wasn't like Brian Dable's offense all day sucked. It was just, you know, there were some points where it was questionable. I don't think John hated Sean McDermott's coaching. It was just like, ah, some points it was questionable. I mean, Chris Collinsworth, if you want to give him the wall of shame, Mike, that's fair. But um, I think I'm going to change mine to the officiating. Like, there were some really terrible calls today. Can we talk about, you you made me think of it, Mike, when you're talking about Chris Collinsworth. Like, towards the end of the game where um, there was, it ended up being, um, a false start, but it looked like it was Jerry Hughes um, running across the, the line. And they were like, you know, they called the play dead. The officiating crew called the play dead. And they're like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you got to do that because you don't want your quarterback to get, you know, destroyed or whatever, you know, in the backfield. I'm like, oh, oh, really? You don't want that to happen? You mean like what happened to Josh Allen in the first half when the, they gave him like this guy completely ran unblocked and he pile drived? Like two or three of them, the Steelers guys pile drive Allen into the turf. It's like, oh, thank you for giving us a free play on that one. Like, you know, it was just, it was insane how how frustrating the officiating has been the last few weeks for Bills games. And I I know that the refs aren't against the Bills, but it's just, it's just so inconsistent. Like, they're just like, there was that one Tremaine Edmonds face mask penalty. The guy didn't even touch his face mask. He even touched the uh, Connors face mask or whoever it was. I, he didn't even graze it. Like you better see some, you better see some face masks being grabbed. You better see a head being turned or something for you to make that call. 
Like that one where um, it was against, I believe, was it James Conner? It happened um, in the fourth quarter as they were driving down the field before the Poyer interception. The Steelers, uh, there was a, a blatant Matt Milano face back. I mean, that was face mask penalty. That was obvious. He grabbed his face mask and James Conner's full head, his head fully turned to one direction. Like that makes sense. But uh, all right, I'm going to put mine in officiating. Officiating was awful again tonight. And I'm glad people got to see it on a national stage. And that's not new. It's terrible all over the um, NFL and uh, it probably won't get better. So, yeah. So injuries to the game. Um, oh, yeah. Let's go into our – geez, I almost forgot to include our Twitter followers into this. And this is the first time – so uh, one of our um, followers on Instagram, if you're not following us, please do. Um, on almost every platform, we're at CTW Pod, which is Circling the Wagons Pod. Um, and J.Rincon14 messaged us. He messages us every week, and I, and I really appreciate him doing – by the way, anyone that messages us, um, on any platform, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, we really appreciate that. We get back to almost everyone um, for doing that. So really appreciate you guys writing in. And uh, we're definitely not big enough to ignore any of that. So um, every time you guys say anything nice to us, whether it's through a review, like we've mentioned for the giveaway, or just through any of these other outlets, like, you know, it means a lot to us. Um, believe it or not, we put into like a lot of work into this. And uh, so it definitely helps us through this. And Jay Rincon is one of those people. So he writes wall of famer, the secondary, they were fantastic. And wall of shamer, Dable's insistence to run three times in a row with Frank Gore by the end zone. If we didn't score a touchdown later, that would have cost us. So, so yeah, me and Jay Rincon on the same level. So that's the only time I've ever read an Instagram comment for our, our um, wall of famers, wall of shamers. But uh, I just like to say J dot Rincon 14. Uh, why don't you get on Twitter? So make, make my life a little bit easier. So I, I wrote on Twitter, as I always do after the Bills game, who are your Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers for today's game? Devin Brown writes, Wall of Fame for Tredavious White. Uh, two picks, Wall of Shame for some over-conservative play calling at times, which I think includes not only offensively, but um, but what John was mentioning as far as Sean McDermott. Bonus Wall of, the, wall of Fame, the process, two playoff berths in three years. Wow. Bravo, Devin Brown. Good point. The process, guys. If we if we don't if we can't trust the process now, like when can we? Right, Bills loser QB club writes and I appreciate by the way that some of you guys will tweet and say you know uh, some really nice things. Bills loser QB club mentioned that they had listened to our podcast for the first time. They actually turned off uh, um, one of the radio stations that was talking Bills just to listen to our, our recap. So I really appreciate that, man. Um, definitely, everything is does not go unnoticed. So he writes, Wall of Fame is the entire D. Um, the defensive line put so much pressure that the secondary was able to shut down the duck. Wall of shame. Well, I love Beasley, but he was not good tonight. He needs to be more consistent. Great win, though. Um, Tyler Durden is in. Tyler writes, wall of shame. <laughs> my undies stood in my living room the whole fourth quarter and practically crapped myself countless times. Uh, wall of fame. Trey saved the day white and McDermott taping his wrists for Thursday practice versus Tomlin. <laughs> that was a cool story. Did you guys catch that one? He's talking about um, um, Thursday practices where McDermott, you know, I don't know if he was a walk-on. I think they mentioned he was a walk-on and Tomlin was like the star wide receiver and McDermott just getting ready for practice, man. And uh, the great, great point by Tyler. Uh, it makes you love our coach, man. He was not, he was like, he's like Josh Allen. He was not given everything. And, you know, he was like this highly touted guy. Like he had to earn everything that he got. 
So I really appreciate that, especially if you're one of those guys that, you know, works hard at your job and to, to try to move up, man. It's, you know, you put in the work. So Adam Talmadge is in, winner of the John Brown signed jersey. Adam Talmadge writes, Wall of Fame, Trey Goalie, White Acad- or Trey Goalie Academy White. Pay this man. And for and he writes also the Wall of Fame, defense, won us the game, kudos. Wall of Shame is discipline. Holding penalty on third down to eat the clock. That was funny. It's I'm glad Adam brought that up because that was a killer to, to not lose 40 seconds off the play clock because there was that holding penalty as the Bills were trying to eat some clock. So um, good call there. He also brings up the Wall of Shame, Matt Milano, Matt Milano face mask with no Pittsburgh timeouts. That was that was crushing um, as well. I forgot that the, the Bills had, or the Pittsburgh had no timeouts, so they actually got... Um, to got the the clock stop for that penalty. He he also writes um the offense everyone needed to tighten up. QB accuracy, wide receiver drops, running ball, running back ball security and offensive coordinator play calling. So all around offensively it was it wasn't a great game there he mentions a lot of great points there. Um luckily the Bills were able to overcome them through because they trust the process because they follow follow the culture. Dave Thorpe writes in first time in 20 years. We're 10 and four and in the playoffs from our own efforts. So nice. So being nice in honor wall of fame, the one and only Trey save the day white wall of shame, crazy, crazy penalties. Just, just why <laughs> and plays. He actually has tied uh, first and first our Trey's interception plus a huge return and Croft's touchdown. Those are actually both of your guys uh plays of the game. So he actually, Dave gave us his play of the game. So, um, Appreciate that from. But me. in a tie, which did he put first? He, that would be his true feeling. So I think that being said, Tredavious White's interception. So there you there go. You, there you go. Sorry, John. Um, huge plays at key points. That's another thing. The Bills have been clutch when it mattered too. Um, Josh Allen again leading a fourth quarter touchdown. Man, Josh Allen, king of the fourth. Eric Helwig writes in X marks the spot. Game balls to everyone. Now get to work to clean it up and win the division. He just he sent this awesome screenshot of the uh, AFC East with the X right next to the uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, right under the New England Patriots. So that's cool. It's been a while since we've seen it. Well, we saw it a couple years ago, but, you know, it, it's 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 not a – I haven't seen it that many times, all right, last 20 years. Mike Taylor writes in, Wall of Fame. Trey White is so obviously at the top of the wall, but really this defense as a whole is elite, period. Wall of Shame, Brian Dable is so frustratingly inconsistent. Some weeks he plans a great game. Other weeks I wonder if he knows what team we're playing. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm saying, Mike. And I'm sorry. And he also writes, I'm sorry. Honorary Wall of Fame to Jordan Phillips. Three tackles, two sacks. Shaq Lawson also had one, but I'm really impressed with Phillips. I think he gets paid. Shows a couple of dollar dollar sign bags. And I think, uh, yeah, we kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier. I think he definitely gets paid. Hopefully, I mean, if it, if the... Uh, I listened to this really great podcast with Cover One, and they mentioned about you know how how much money Jordan Phillips is going to demand and how much money the Bills have sunk into the defensive tackle position, and uh, I I don't see it happening with Jordan Phillips, but we'll see. They they might be able to get a a short term really high money deal. Um, it comes up. We'll see. We'll see. Definitely not ruling it out, but uh, Beanie writes in. She says Wall of Fame is Trey White. There is no other. He went duck hunting and got two interceptions and now leads the league in interceptions. Every tweet should have him as Wall of Fame. If they don't, they're wrong. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Beanie. Um, she's, by the way, that's a great point, duck hunting. Nintendo, right? 
Um, four picks today. Wall of shame is penalties. There, there was no discipline, especially on the last drive by the Steelers. Playoffs, baby. That's awesome. Mega, Mega Weapon writes in Cole Beasley for shame. Wall of shame drops, and I started him on my fantasy team, which was not ideal. Hey, it's not ideal if you're in the playoffs. If you're just going for the loser's bracket, it's like whatever, right? But I'm guessing you were in the playoffs and you started him. <laughs> Um, Tredavious White and Jordan Phillips for the Wall of Fame. So I think we're going to kind of keep this um, short because I usually love to read like 10 of these, right? Um, 15, 20 of them. And it, this is a huge game, a huge win. But uh, it's it's after one and we're looking to get some sleep tonight. So thank you so much for everyone that writes in each and every week. The ones that write in, wrote in this week, you know, come in again next week, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next week I, I get a chance to read yours. There's always some great input from bills mafia and uh you guys on twitter and apparently uh instagram as of tonight so let's do our tremaine Edmonds signed jersey giveaway um last week i gave it to um underscore b uh or at b underscore ailey or something and uh, i i think i said that it was a girl it's definitely not a girl i went through his profile is definitely a guy i'm almost positive but anyway he did not win um so we have a new winner so we're gonna do a quick pick Thank you, by the way, for all like the 90-something people that wrote um, in a review. Appreciate all of you guys. And the winner this week is Brett Smart. Brett Smart, you are in. I do not have your Twitter handle written in. I believe you were one of the first in as a review. So Brett Smart is the winner of the Tremaine Edmonds signed jersey. But that's only if he gets back to me, if he's a listener each and every week, which you have to be in order to find out if you won. And uh, kudos to the Bills Mafia for not being like overly altruistic and um, messaging Bailey and being like, Hey, you know, you won the, the Jersey, like good, good, man. I'm glad you guys are all, you know, you guys are all, we're all a Bill's mafia fan base, but Hey, it's every man for itself, right? It's every fan for itself when it comes to winning contests. So um, kudos to that. So Brett, shoot me a message over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, feel free to shoot me an email. If you need to, um, my our email address is ctwpod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, we got this really cool email from a listener in Australia asking about the Bills-Ravens game, and it was cool. It, he was talking about it possibly being a conspiracy theory, like, oh, maybe the Bills wanted to lose this game. It was really cool. It was I really wanted to get into it. It's a really good discussion. We just don't have the time for it this week, so definitely email us again, Reese, um, and, uh, and 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 come in. And he said he's he's our only Australian listener. So if you are, um, he not only said that he says he's the only Aussie Bills fan. So if you are a listener and you're also from Australia and you're not Reese, message us. Let us know. Let us know if Reese is really the only one like he claims he is. But anyway, guys, um. Definitely appreciate you guys listening um, and bearing with us since we're um, recording so late and we're not going to have a, a lot, of, a ton of time to put in the production quality that we normally do. So, but, um, but thank you for everyone for listening. The bills are in the playoffs. This is huge. Um, this is a great time to be a bills fan. Um, next week, the bills are playing the new England Patriots on a Saturday flex game. So um, we'll be talking to you guys after that as well. Um, I know you got a lot of you guys are traveling for the holidays and stuff. We're still going to be coming to you every week and uh, and into the playoffs now, which is great to even think about. So um, again, when does uh, Brett have to message you to claim the? Um, he's got to message me um, by Sunday, or no? I guess I guess this would would have to be by Saturday. It's always before um, the game, so uh, this will have to be before the game uh, next week against the Patriots on Saturday. So Brett, get back to me. You, have like, you should have like an hour. That's it. <laughs>
So from 1 to 2 a.m. If you don't get back to me, Brad, yeah. then <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to be able to even post this until like 3 a.m. Uh, but anyway, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys um, checking in with us and uh, and being a part of this. So signing off for John. Go Bills. Let's go Super Bowl. For Mike. Playoffs. So exciting. Go Big Ben. Push back from the table. <laughs> for, for me, Nate. Go Bills. We're in. Playoffs, baby. Just win. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. It's the Buffalo Bills, hey. It's the Buffalo Bills, hey. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Frank Gore, John Brown, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes, who's blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. What they gonna do when Matt Milano coming with the blitz off the edge? Don't you throw it in the air, cause Trey White and Michael High will intercept. Star lot of Louis double team, not a team getting easy sacks. Jerry Hughes with the double moves, coming straight for the quarterback. Take him down, take him down. McDermott clapping on the sidelines. And the crowd going crazy. Mafia is on time. Circling the wagons. With the mafia, yeah. Circling the wagons. Nate Arbor, where you at? Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo is the mafia. 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 Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. It's the Buffalo Bills, hey. It's the Buffalo Bills, hey. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Frank Gore, John Brown, who's stopping us? Jordan Poyer, Trey Day, Rizzo, who's blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen looking down the field. See no one open, so he scrambled right. He sees somebody open, but he off balance, so he gotta be focused. Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shot. 70 yards, will it be caught? Zay Jones or Cole Beasley. Down the field, past the whole roll. So that's Robert Foster making it so easy. Touchdown, new era field, rocking every Sunday. Got a hangover on every Monday. How's money kicking? You know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gon' pass us? With Devin and Frank, you know we great. If you're not a Bills fan, we don't Buffalo, Buffalo, it's the mafia. Nate Arbel, Don Brown on the podcast. Who's stopping us? Circling the wagons with the mafia. Who's stopping us? No one. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.